A very good morning to all of you. Greetings from India. Welcome to the Author Sherry Show. My name is Author Sherry. I work as a public speaking coach and TEDx speaker coach, and I'm on a mission to create one million public speakers in India by 2030. Folks, uh, today we have a very special guest on the Author Sherry Show. He's an author and global keynote speaker. Had been invited to speak at over 2,000 conferences and internal events in 70 countries. Yes, you heard me right. In seven zero seven three countries across six continents of the world, and usually speaks in twenty to thirty five countries per year. Frederick is the author of ten books. The most significant ones being the Idea Book, which has sold over two lakh copies, all self published, and which was included in the ten hundred best business books of all time. He's also the author of How to Become a Global Keynote Speaker. And he runs a platform by the name of www.professionalspeaking.com. Let's welcome our today's guest, Frederick Haran, who has traveled across the globe to learn as much as possible about humanity's ability to have and develop great ideas, from North Korea to South Africa, and from the vast plains of Mongolia to Silicon Valley. He goes. do the most exotic and undiscovered places in the world as well as to the hot spots of the global innovation for the last 20 years he has interviewed thousands of creative people from all walks of life and inspired over a million people from the stage and one of them is me he has inspired me too so ladies and gentlemen let's welcome on the screen our guest for the day frederick haran frederick welcome to the author sherry show it's a pleasure to have you today Hey, thank you. It's so nice to see you again. Absolutely, it's my great honor. Thanks a lot for joining in from Singapore. Of course. Frederick, <laughs> how's everything going on during this tough time lockdown? Yeah, it's our this is officially the last day of the lockdown in Singapore. So tomorrow the restaurants and the bar the restaurants will open again and not the bars, but I mean we're going into phase 2 at least. So That is uh, everyone excited here. We can have play dates with our kids again tomorrow, so it's all it's uh, very excited here. Okay, okay. God bless everyone out there. Hope everyone is safe. So, Frederick, uh, we want to start with your favorite quote. What is your favorite quote, which you like the most? Oh, uh, oh, I, I'm I'm bad at those things. I have I have very bad memory. I, uh, is it okay if I I just uh, I just wrote an old uh, I really just wrote a quote for my own. Uh, yes, certain, of course. That was around. I was asked to do a quote around the Black Lives Matter um, uh, movement movement, and I wrote. Let's see if I can remember it. I wrote. Um, Unless we, uh, until we can see humanity in every human, we are not human. I think I, I was, I, I was happy with that one. But okay. I'm, inspired by, I'm inspired by by a, a lot of different people, a lot of different quotes. I don't. I, it's like asking for your ch- favorite child. I, I, I'm, I'm fanatically passionate about quotes and and uh, good words generally. Fantastic, fantastic. So unless you see the humanity in the human, you are not a human. That's what your favorite quote. Well, until we can see humanity, I can. I guess we can make it positive also. Uh, uh, when we see humanity in every human, we are truly human. If you want to, we can twist it like that. Maybe that's more a positive way of saying. Superb, superb, great. What a great message, so mm. Frederick. Please tell us uh, about your early background 
and uh, how did you started into what you are doing these days that is professional speaking it's been i think three decades you are associated with professional speaking and you are a global keynote speaker how did you started uh, from your childhood to what you are today please take us through your journey well okay so i i became a speaker when i was 27 years old i wrote the university thesis about the internet it was 1995 where there were not and i turned it into a book there were not very book, many books about the internet in 1995 so i was uh, instantly i became an expert so i actually quit university i didn't finish it and i started i uh, started an uh, internet company and i was asked to speak about this internet thing that i knew something about so I, I I literally became a professional speaker at 27, and now I'm 50, almost 52. So I've been doing, and and in 2000 I sold the company, and and when I sold it, I said, okay, now what do I do? And I said, I well, it, it was fun to have employees, it was fun to sell, it was fun to do this and all of that. But the most fun I had was when I was researching or when I was speaking. So I said, for the rest of my life, I'm just going to do that. It's like the cherry on top of the cake. So I said, I'm just going to go around the world and speak. So since 2000, that's what I've been doing. And and uh, I, I in the beginning, I spoke about the Internet. But since 2000, I said, I don't want to speak about the Internet anymore. I want to speak uh, more generally about uh, new ideas. So I speak about creativity, a change, um, global mindset, disruption, those kind of uh, those kind of topics for all kinds of companies, all kinds of people, all kinds of industries. Uh, as you said, 2,000 speeches in 70 countries. So I've done it, I've done it all. <laughs> That's an incredible record. I would say a benchmark set for many speakers to follow this industry. So Frederick, you mentioned that uh, you do some research while you speak on the stage, which is, I would say, most essential part of professional speaking. My my question to you is that at Public Speak University here, our community, if you like to answer that, how do you do research on speaking? What exactly you do before you go on the stage? So I don't do research on speaking. I do research on my topic, which is creativity. So just in the last, in the months of, because I just posted a post on this on LinkedIn. So I happen to know the statistics in May, uh, in the month of May, I did 24 one hour interviews with people who somehow work in creativity somewhere in the world. I think there were 10 different countries, 24 different people, three different continents. It was like the head of the head of, uh, of car design at Ford company, Ford Motor Company in Detroit. And it was uh, a former hostage negotiator for Scotland Yard. And it was a, a jewelry designer. So like 24 different people and I interviewed them about what, what can I learn about creativity from them? So I spent a lot of time doing a, a lot of learn. Uh, I'm, uh, that was my post yesterday. It's like as a professional speaker, we have one month, one mouth, but we have two ears. So two thirds of our job should be listening and one third of our job should be speaking. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, Frederick, I remember when I met you in India this year in February, you said something which hit me like a tornado. You said, I have been doing it wrong for 20 years. Yes. And I am a creativity explorer. Now somebody at your caliber saying it. Yeah, I can see that on the on the t-shirt. Everybody can see that live on the t-shirt. So when somebody of your caliber is coming and saying saying that in a group of professional speakers, we had around 300 speakers there and all uh, credible and uh, you know exceptionally seasoned at their end if somebody like you is saying that on the stage i mean i was thinking that author sherry you're not even born 
if he's saying like this after 20 years of work you're not even born so what do you have to say about this that what is creativity explorer all about and what is this ideology all about that you have not yet started yeah so the the message i was speaking about then was what what i did wrong for the people who were not there at the time what i did wrong was that for 20 years i defined myself as a speaker and uh, in, in and the mess the, the metaphor here is that we sh- if it is for music we shouldn't be speakers we should be songs like we uh, we should focus much more on, on the message uh, and and the, how we deliver that than on on the craft of actually being speakers and so i redefined myself as the creativity explorer that's my new is my brand the moniker the description of who i am and what i stand for and what i do and when i when i de- redefined myself as a i became much less focused on getting the speech but i got much more focused on learning about the topic of creativity so to explore means to venture into unknown territory in order to learn more about something and i explore creativity that's what i've been doing that for 20 years but i didn't i didn't look at myself i looked at myself as a speaker who started creativity for the last year i've been start looked at looking at myself as someone who explores creativity and once in a while speaks so it became it shifted much more and that's why my my emphasis has been much more on research and and and, and doing interviews and thinking about my topic since i did that shift uh, one year ago and that has that and that has made me a much better speaker i i believe incredible incredible uh, frederick uh, in india many people feel that if they don't know the language english they know hindi which is our native language you know they feel like we cannot become a good public speaker they yeah. have this apprehension that if i don't know english i cannot become a good speaker and i remember you shared with me uh, 101 that you are from sweden you're staying in singapore and english is not your la- native language so what do you have to say about this and how did you overcome this problem if at all it arises with you that you know you were not a native english speaker but still today you deliver your keynotes across the world in english what do you have yeah. to say on this well uh, well first of all uh, someone told me that only 4% of any conversation happens in english is between two two people where both are native english speakers so either it's between like uh, like us like i'm not native english or both are not native english so that's the vast majority of humanity those are not native english speakers and if you if you are a global speaker very often you are going to speak to a group where not everyone is a native english speaker and that actually means that you are better um you're better understood a non native english speaker is actually better understood than a native english speaker and uh, i i get that feed i get that feedback a lot i might be the only non native english speaker but the audience got my message better and they understood me better like a scottish person i don't understand what a scottish person is talking about i don't get it and a, a native english speaker also tends to maybe use a lot of idioms and 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 say um uh examples and stuff from their own culture that doesn't yeah. work and not so a lot of lot of lot is lost in translation and translators by the way i do a lot of speaking where there are translators uh, uh and translators love me they say my speech is so easy to translate because i'm using a simple vocabulary uh to get my message across but i'm a, i'm a firm believer that speeches should be simple like uh, i mean the language in a speech should be simple so that everyone that doesn't mean the message is simple you just it's like my one of my you were asking about my favorite quote one of my favorite quotes is albert einstein maybe he didn't say it, but it's he's quoted to albert einstein 
and that is make everything as simple as possible but not simpler and we have the picasso when he was drawing a bull and he was taking away one stroke all the way until he had the essence of the bull so to make everything as simple as possible but not simpler is an, is an art form and it's especially true for for it's true for writing but it's also true for speaking and i i think when you are a native english when you are a non-native english speaker it becomes easier to get to the core and reuse a, a, the, just the right uh, amount of words and just the right words that everyone understands not the most sophisticated word fantastic so i'm sure all the viewers and listeners are listening to this uh make the things simple but don't make it simpler and that's a great message in fact uh, the idea is very clear here that you have to bring the simplicity in your language when you express and that is exactly what frederick is talking about here so ultimately at the end of the day yes it is about the language which you are catering for your audience but at the same time how you effectively put across your message in the most simplest way which audience can take and implement yeah. or you can say a call to action for the audience is what matters the most yeah and great frederick frederick you mentioned the, yeah no, yeah. and that's that, that is the same for writing as well there some people think that i mean uh, when you can condense like a, something into a slogan like nike just do it it's just just do it it's it's extremely condensed but all the message is there so it's not uh, to make what is that uh, there's also a favorite quote right ask me to speak for for 3 hours and i can go i can i can go up on stage now ask me to speak for 3 minutes and i, I need 3 days to prepare it's the same it's, all these quotes are the same to make something yeah. as simple as possible is not easy it's the hardest thing in the world absolutely absolutely so well elaborated in fact uh, as jimron always mentions effective communication is about brevity so that's what we are talking about here it's all about brevity but at the same time we need to be detailed as and when it's required but yes that's a skill great yes. uh, frederick frederick you mentioned that uh, public speaking is more to uh, speaking is about uh, more towards songs that's what you said just now moments ago uh, i wanted to understand that voice has a major role to play apart from the body language and the content and uh, i wanted to understand from you that what do you feel this voice uh, can how voice can play a major role in our speaking and what are the key strategies which you can share which can help anybody to you know help uh, their voice become better or is it required or not probably because some people doubt that their voice is not good so that's why they don't want to be in speaking yeah so when i say when i say song i'm i'm much more philosophical i don't literally mean the voice coming out i mean more the message we should be the message we shouldn't focus so much uh, so uh, i mean one of my favorite speakers is hans rosling the swedish speaker he's and uh, now he's dead unfortunately but one of the most popular ted talks and and he had an extremely strong swedish accent but no one cared everyone just loved just loved his accent so uh, i think voice is very important my but my voice is not very good my voice my voice is my weakness i would say i should probably work much more on it if i was to be honest uh, i am not i'm not very proud of my voice uh, but i think that when when you say voice i mean i think much more of uh, of, of from an authentic perspective from an uh, that is is it truly your voice that is coming out not because if you, uh, it's different when you're singing like if you're an opera singer you can you need a practice to have the perfect so, voice but but i'm much more my mick jagger like mick jagger doesn't have a good voice but he has an amazing persona that and like 
the voice of Mike Mick Jagger is not that the tones coming out of his mouth. It's this personality that just shines through when he jumps around on stage at, at 70 years old. So to find your own voice, yeah, as in your message, the words you use, how you communicate it, that is much more important than finding a professional sounding voice. So you, the, the metaphorical voice is much more important than the actual voice. Superb, superb. So the message for the listeners is find your own voice and don't look out for the professional voice in your voice. If your voice is authentic, that's your exact voice, which you, you should use in professional speaking. So Frederick, you mentioned about writing. And I think writing is an important part of for anybody to become a speaker. So the idea book, which you have written, which has sold over 2 lakh copies worldwide, and it was included in the 100 best business books of all time. Tell us something about the idea book. Uh, yes, well, um, the in, OK, it's uh, uh, the way I did it. It's a book and a notebook. So uh, I actually was interviewed yesterday by another person on Skype and the person showed me his idea book. And then in the, in, in the back, there was his bookshelf with another 10 books. And in the shelf, there was two other idea books. So the guy had three idea books because the book is a book and a notebook. It's for you to write down your, it's a book where you can read how you can become more creative. And it's also a notebook for your best ideas. And he had three copies of the idea book, one for, for writing ideas, one for business ideas, and one for, for uh, like general ideas. And he would, so he had, so he, out of 15 books in his bookshelf, I had three of the books was, was mine. So I'm very proud of that. And wow. the reason my book has sold so much is because it's being it's sold as a notebook, it's sold as a book, it's sold as a training material, it's sold as a gift. So I was able to take one book and re and repurpose it in many different as many different products, and that has made it so successful. And then Fantastic. I think the lesson here is to not look at it as as anything as just one thing. That look at it as like okay, I have one thing now. What can I do with this one thing? And you can do many different things very often. Super. So uh, do you suggest, Frederick, that writing is important for uh, being a professional speaker? Is that what you're trying to say? Or, or uh, you probably suggest these speakers out here in this community that, yes, if you want to become a global speaker, you should have written something? Okay. Well, first of all, I, I think it used to be very important. And as I said, I don't, I don't define myself as a speaker anymore. You can be a great speaker without ever writing anything, I'm sure. But uh, I look at myself much more as, as someone who uh, explores creativity. And to me, a big part of that is learning more about creativity. And when I do, I tend to write it down. But I also have to say that in the last year or, or the last few years, I think video has become much more important. And, and nowadays, I spend as much time creating video content around what I'm learning about as I do writing content about what I learn about. But it's I do. So let me answer your question. Is it important to be writing? No, it's important to package your content and you can do that consistently because when you do interviews, you learn a lot of, lot of, lot of things. When you package content, you learn other insights about what, like if I interview you, I learn something, but when I need to package that content, I, I understand, I get new insights about what you said and I, like, sure. I, it's like I, I bake it like a soup that you bake twice, I like to, that you cook twice. Uh, and then when you speak, it's the third time you now re, reboil this dish, right? So it's, it's or uh, if it's whiskey, it's filtered three times. First the interview, then you filter it through a text, then you, you create a video, you filter it again. Then you go up and speak, and speak. And now when you're speaking, you're filtered the same information, the same insight, four, three or four times. 
And every time you filter, it becomes clearer for you because when you deliver the message on the stage, uh, that's when the message should be super clear and very well filtered. So that's why it's also good to do interviews because when you do interviews, you're asked to, to talk about your content in a new way. And then, and again, you're filtering down, you're, you're filtering through your content one more time. And every time you do, you get clearer on what the content actually is. And then you go up on stage and you deliver the clearest message, the, the most well-filtered message there is. Fantastic. So ladies and gentlemen, all the community members, uh, if you are watching this live interview, Frederick is exploding value bombs here right now. And I request you humbly to share it across with a lot of people and they should watch this live broadcast uh, with uh, Frederick Harron, who's a global keynote speaker and author of 10 books. Frederick, uh, now we come to the inspiration part. I'm sure uh, when we talk about inspiration, we we all get inspired by something, some some situation or some individual or some personality. So let me ask you this. Who has been your biggest inspiration in your work? Uh, you mean as a speaker? Yeah, you can tell as a speaker or as an individual, as a human being, because you focus more upon the humanity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the reason I, I do so many interviews is because I get I get inspired by anyone. I, I was I was the next video I'm posting is an interview that I did with an organization in Mumbai that works with children of sex workers in the slums of Mumbai, and I was super inspired by that. And then the next the interview yeah. before that was the head of innovation at Bayer Medical. So those are I mean they are literally on different opposite scales of the human spectrum when it comes to opportunities and uh, almost any aspect. Uh, and I was equally inspired by both. And from a speaker perspective, I have to say Greta Thunberg because I'm Swedish. The, the you know the 17 year old environmentalist who in one year went from and she has Asperger's first yeah. of all, and, and which means she she's shy, doesn't like to communicate, not native English speaker, no no work experience, and nothing like that. And in one year, she goes from demonstrating outside the Swedish Parliament by herself to being. Uh, one of the most 100 most powerful women, personal year on Time magazine uh, or whatever. I mean, uh, all of these things that uh, meets all the, the leaders in the world as uh, half a million people come and meet her in Toronto or whatever it was uh, and get her message out to tens of, million of pe millions of people around the world and actually creates proper change around climate change. And uh, I'm just in awe of that that girl but i'm also just at all of the potential of in how much how much one person can spread a message in today's world through uh, if you if you have a clear message and a, a clear way of communicating and, and people can feel that you're passionate about it uh you can do you can get your message out to so many people it's a very very positive uh story wow awesome i mean uh I can sense that you know you have uh, you are just living what you are saying you know geographically you are connected you know you know what's happening where you spoke about the uh, sex workers of Mumbai you spoke about that inspiring uh, 17 year old uh, lad now so you know you are, you get inspiration from a lot of places thank you very much for sharing that with all our viewers and listeners and uh, Frederick uh, what do you think that uh, having a mentor is important in life or i would say you have been mentoring so many people out there 
you have given so much to the industry uh, so who is your mentor in professional speaking frederick okay so i don't have one mentor i i don't uh, i am i am a, i'm very much of a sprinter in in all aspects of life i like to do a, something like that's why i'm a speaker 45 minute one hour boom then i'm done then i go somewhere else and i do that when i write books most of my books are very short i like to write articles uh, i don't like when i moved to singapore i uh, for many months i had a rule i can never go back to the same restaurant twice i have to try a new restaurant uh, over and over again i i ask you about a favorite quote i don't have one i i rather the last thing i read or the last thing the last person i met is my inspiration and to do that wow. like if you ask me my favorite place where would you like to go back i don't want to go back anywhere i want to go to a place i haven't been before uh, so when it comes to this it also means that when it comes to mentors i don't have one i interview a lot of people i learn from a lot of people but i don't have one that i put above everyone else it's um, it doesn't fit my personality i have one wife okay great for a long, for a long time that's my only exception to the rule <laughs> <laughs> fantastic fantastic so when you viewers are watching uh, us frederick right now some people have quick questions also so we're going to take a couple of questions towards the end uh, i would like to ask you that now you have done uh, so much already and you yourself called a creativity explorer so how are you giving it back to the professional speaking industry with your learnings well uh, i um... Uh, so for the last 5 years i've been running as you mentioned i write i i have a a blog i guess we could call it professionalspeaking.com i so every week okay. for the five, last 5 years i've posted one advice or one lesson on how to become better on speaking on every aspect the business of it but mostly the delivery of the speech there's also a 5 hour online course that's on that site which is also for free and then the book that you mentioned how to become a global keynote speaker Uh, it's also there for free, so I, I just give everything away, wow. and that's my way of giving wow. back. I'm also the I'm the immediate past president of Asia Professional Speakers here in Singapore, and I've helped set up the Speaker Association of India and in Sweden and in Indonesia. And yeah, I I do a lot of pro bono work to de- uh, help develop the speaking industry around the world, but that's more like a hobby. Uh, I, the industry sure. has given me a lot, so I like to I like to give back. mind blowing and this is such an incredible thing which you are doing so frederick uh, thanks for giving your precious time to us uh, we can take quick questions from the viewers uh, i have a question uh, there is a there is a concern on hindi side amongst aspiring speakers that a good looking person makes better speaker so the individual is asking that uh, what do you have to say on the looks as a professional speaker are the looks important for a speaker that's exactly what he's asked, trying to ask yeah yeah you have to be really good looking to be a speaker that's why i'm so successful <laughs> just kidding uh, <laughs> no i've actually i've never heard that before and i don't think it's true at all i think yeah. that, uh i i think that the world we live in today is a world that likes to see diversity much more than before It used to be that I had a huge advantage because I was a middle-aged white man. That advantage is more or less gone, and I'm very happy. For, I'm no one is happier than me. But now people like to see diversity on the stage, and uh, and you can go up a, a a young person, an old person, a black person, a white person, and and you you want to hear from as many people as possible. And the more you um, the more you stand out, the more. Uh, uh, 
the more different you are, I think, the better. Uh, I mean, Stephen Hawking, for God's sake. Uh, yeah. He's not very good looking, or wasn't, uh, and he couldn't even speak. But people would, would queue up for hours if they had a chance to come and listen to a computer speak. I mean, him, him speak through a, a computer. And uh, I've seen people being rolled in in wheelchairs and de deliver amazing speeches. I did a speech in Abu Dhabi once with a girl who had, was born with no with no legs and became a gymnast. And uh, I, don't, I don't care what this is. That's the great part with this job is that literally you can have this. You can have any kind of disability and you can be huge. You can be very, very successful. You, you can look any, any, way, any way you want and you can be successful. None of that is important. People want to hear messages from different kinds of people. I, I truly believe this. Of course, there's, yeah, there's, that's there's, there's I mean, there's uh, uh, there's racism and there's biases and there's all these things against a lot of people, uh, but yeah. that's that's true in society everywhere. But I would argue that it's, this industry is more forgiving than a lot of other jobs. I mean, uh, what's his name? I, I forgot his name now, but he's very famous. The Australian guy has no arms and no legs, and he's one of the most successful speakers in the world. There's not a lot of other jobs. Yeah, that, okay. someone, someone that, that could be the, one of the most successful speakers some, in his industry, right? But in, in our industry, we, we not only uh, accept it, we, we encourage it, we, we, we're inspired by it. But Absolutely. You can also be a middle-aged middle white man and do, and do fine too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That Australian speaker you're talking about is Nick Rudick. Yes. So he has no arms and legs. But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but we took a good picture in India, didn't we? Together with a bunch yeah. of people, all looking very different, but all being speakers. That's the best part with this job. Absolutely, absolutely. I second to you, and uh, you have answered it very correctly. Another quick question, Frederick. What are the key strategies uh, one can follow to become a professional speaker? I think this is a rather easy one for you to just quickly narrate it out for all of us here at Public Speaking University. Okay, so I there are many. First of all, this is one of the industries where you can go from a nobody, like Greta Thunberg, you can go from a nobody to the most successful person in the world in one year. So there are shortcuts that you can use. But it's also true that if you want to be sustainable in this business, and I went into it with a sustainability, I want to do this until I die. So I said, I'm going to be a speaker for many years, which means, for example, I take three or four months off every year when I don't do any speaking because I don't. I don't want to be speaking all the time. You get tired of it. I want to spread it out for the whole throughout the whole career. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to give you the short. There are a lot of things you can do from a shortcut perspective, and that's the, the number one is become famous. If you're famous, you can be a speaker in as soon as you're famous. You land a plane on the river in in New York, like the Captain Scully, and suddenly you're you're one of the most booked speakers in the U.S. So uh, famous equals equal, uh, but but if you don't want to do that part, I say spend. If you start as as a nobody, spend two years researching a topic that you are that is your topic that you're passionate about, and then go as niche as you possibly can, and uh, so niche that after studying it for two years, you are the world expert in this niche topic. So it's not enough to do creativity. Maybe you do uh, creativity for. Uh, uh, autistic children and you study art creativity for yeah. autistic children in two years then you're the world expert yeah. on creativity for, ch for children uh, for autistic children and after so then you're the world expert and then then just make sure that that topic is is a topic that uh, there are enough conferences around to speak at brilliant brilliant I think that's a great suggestion 
uh, okay all right uh, i guess uh, no more questions yeah as of now no more questions from anybody okay great uh, i i can see a lot of wonderful comments for frederick uh, you know a lot of positive comments out here it's been a great great talking to you frederick and i remember the time when we meet uh, you know i the, the one thing which i got impressed for so much with you is that first of all you know reaching at that level which you have achieved in your life you never portray that you always try to be humble and i remembered i asked this question with to you and you answered me sherry watch me live it's the same thing i'm going to say and you did the same thing so i wanted to ask you this is for me frederick this is for me you are the you are the guru you are the mentor this is for me i'm going to ask you that if one person achieves a certain fame he tend to behave in a certain way wherein if he feels like well i have achieved a lot of things now nobody can beyond, go beyond me how do you people how do you think people should manage the fame once they reach a certain height what points you want to share that fame is good in life but at the same time it's the humility which matters the most yeah okay but well, first of all let's put things in perspective i'm not very famous so i there are many many speakers there's a lot of speakers in the world that are much more much 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 more famous and much more much 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 more successful than i am and that keeps you humble uh but that's your humility that's your humility again <laughs> okay i don't know uh, i i i grew up with a twin brother and uh the if you i i have an identical twin brother so we look exactly the same so when i was growing up okay I, 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 whatever we did, he was always equally good as I, that I was. So that made me feel that I wasn't anything special because my brother was just like me, right? So I didn't, I never thought I was unique because my brother was just like me. But on the other hand, when my brother did something, let's say when he was 18, he he went parachuting, and he got like, wow, I, and I would never thought I was going to do that. But then he did it, and I well, if he's going to do it, I can do it too. So I went parachuting. So, uh, so it built uh, it built confidence without thinking I'm, uh, that you're special because I'm not special. There's someone exactly like me. So, because uh, you don't want to be too humble because you you want to be confident in your own abilities. So, the the sweet spot is to balance confidence with humility. I said you need to be confidently humble or humbly confident. That's the balance. That's the that's very important. Amazing, amazing. As always, you are bang on. So Frederick thank you very much for taking out your precious time from your busy schedule I know you are damn busy but uh, uh, you have uh, given this opportunity to all of us here at this community to listen to you listen to your expert views insights and some value bombs have been exploded today in this interview thank you very much what will be the final message from you for the community of public speakers here what will be the key message you want to share before uh, we say sign off and maybe like we started don't be a speaker be the song that's uh, that's the important message that we are doing what we're doing because we want to spread a message to as many people as we can and sometimes uh, i remember i did a speech once in, in when i moved to singapore it was it was i just came to singapore i moved from china to singapore in 2008 i had no contacts i didn't know a single human being i didn't have any friends no business contacts no nothing no bookings nothing at all i started from scratch and i i said okay i need to build a network somehow so i contacted rotaries and then i was booked to do a speech for free in a rotary and i thought that could be good 
And uh, I came to this, it was in a YMCA, I remember it very clearly. And there were six people in the audience. And I remember I went to the toilet to, to almost cry. It's like, what the hell? I've been, I've been a professional speaker for more than 10 years. And here I am speaking for free in a Rotary for six people in a YMCA. What the hell is going on? But uh, one, of those, one of those people was the head of HR for uh, Julie Packard in Asia. And she came up afterwards and said, we have our first ever HP Asia conference, 5,000 people, Marina Bay Sands. We'd like you to be the speaker. And that, that got me, that's one of my first gigs in Singapore. And then after that, it just took off. So uh, wow. I, learned, I learned a good lesson there that uh, it, you can start from scratch, but you always need to, uh, it's, you know, it was very humbling. But it was also, I went in there with confidence and I said, I'm going to do a great speech for these six people. And I did, and it worked. So do a good speech. That's my message. Stupendous. Stupendous. Thank you, Frederick, for coming out and uh, giving this valuable tip and this amazing interview to this community. We'll be entirely grateful to you for taking out the time. Thank you very much, Frederick. Namaste from India. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you.